0: One man is working to deliver high-quality tents to Chicago's homeless camps. It's a mission Andy Robledo was inspired to undertake after witnessing the challenges that Chicago's unhoused face and what he viewed as a lack of meaningful support from the city. And Andy is with us now in studio. Thank you for being here.
1: No, thanks for having me.
0: So I want to start with the tents themselves, Andy. For the last year or so, you've been giving out these big, bright orange tents. How are these orange tents different from the tents that most people experiencing homelessness might use.
1: Yeah, so these tents are, they're insulated ice fishing tents. So they're made for cold climates. Uh, some of the participants and people living on the streets, uh, there's actually a man that was up in Montana. That's the last time he saw a tent like this, working on the oil fields. So, uh, but yeah, they're made to uh, withstand higher winds, uh, hold heat, um, but they're much thicker than uh, the tents that you see out there that you take you know on a camping trip for a weekend with mm-hmm. your family.
0: Yeah. So how did your work with helping unhoused people start? Take us back.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, really, really it all started, uh, when someone broke the window on my 1970 Blue F100, this mm. old blue truck. Um, and they didn't take my money. I had about $150 in there. I, they didn't take my sound system. They didn't take my gla- sunglasses. They, all they took was my blanket. Um, and, wow. um, I, drive past the camps every day and i saw that blanket sitting on a wheelchair at one of the camps and it broke my heart and i thought i drive past these camps every single day there's more and more tents that pop up the areas just get filthier and filthier no one seems to be paying attention to this from the state from the city from the federal government so i thought you know what i'm going to do something about it um so it started with a a blanket drive on going out to the camps and um Saying, hey, y'all, like, do you need blankets and mm-hmm. jackets? And they said, yeah, those are great, but we actually need this stuff. We need propane. We need heaters. We need gasoline for generators. I thought, really? Wow, that's interesting. I thought wow. you just needed hats and gloves. But
0: Well, you know, and and this, that's such a touching story, Andy. And I know that your willingness to help and, and deliver these tents, it also comes from a, another personal place, right? This is a mission for you that you are paying for through your plant delivery business, can you talk about
1: that? So, um, yeah, so 100% of the proceeds, so we have a nonprofit right now, and um, 100% of proceeds from those plant sales go to funding this. So along with donations, that's how we fund this mission, through plant sales and um, and through donations. Uh, that's how it's funded. Um, and it's personal to me uh, because I'm an addict in recovery, and I've seen Congratulations. what it's like. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I've seen what it's like to, uh, you know, get to the bottom to possibly destroy your life and mm-hmm. uh, turn it around. So I want to give these people an opportunity to uh, maybe get their name called off a housing wait list, or maybe, you know, get get to that day where they find recovery. You know,
0: because yeah. um, for so many of us, I, I feel like what people don't realize is how close a lot of us would be to that type of life, right?
1: Yeah, we're really just uh everyone's just one heartbreak away, one bad decision away, one
0: paycheck one, away. One
1: paycheck away. Um, you know, you talk to a lot of people out there and they have very similar stories to us. Um, they you know, it starts with a divorce, then it starts with the drug use, then it starts with alcohol. I was right there with them. Um, you know, and uh if you don't have the support system or the the financial backing uh or the runway, you end up living on the street before you know it. Mm-hmm. So
0: how are you connecting with the folks that you are providing these tents to i imagine their reactions must be full of gratitude
1: first uh, and foremost really yeah it's uh gratitude uh most people are surprised they're like really me really wow um because not a lot of people take the minute to go above and beyond um and uh and, and this is above and beyond so this is better than anything they've ever gotten out yeah. there it's not it's not they deserve better it's not you know ideal yeah uh they deserve housing right now they deserve an apartment right now um and uh the, i guess the the ironic thing about these tents being orange and large is that you know these people were already there before yeah. um but now uh people see them they're visible and it brings the issue to the forefront and it starts the the conversation um where we could hopefully find people housing.
0: And for those who who might not be so familiar, talk more about the living conditions, Andy, that um, you see in these tent cities across the city. Like when you deliver food or tents or Mm -hmm. blankets, what does it look like to you?
1: Um, So you can actually check out my um, Instagram page and I have videos that document the conditions, but. What's your handle? uh, At Plants Delivered Chicago. um, That's where I share, share it share all of my stories and mm-hmm. everything um but uh yeah the conditions are horrific third world even worse um trash piled up rats garbage um just stench um and it just sits there for days like dilapidated tents in the winter frostbite um you know, it's just like freezing conditions. People suffering. I don't know if you've ever had to go outside and you know be outside for maybe even just eight hours in a jacket. In and minutes. Still cold. In yeah. minutes.
0: My fingers, yeah. my toes. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine hours, days, yeah. overnight.
1: Yeah. So the conditions are are absolutely heartbreaking. And um,
0: yeah, yeah. And we're heading into those winter winter months right now.
1: Yeah. No, we're we're there. So um, fortunately, this winter. Um, I'm preparing, you know, preparing before winter. So I didn't start until winter was already in full force last year. But this year we have some some runway, mm-hmm. and uh, we're starting early. So, but uh, we hope that the city doesn't dismantle everything that we've uh, put up.
0: So you got a lot of ears right now, being on this program. What can or should the city be doing, Andy, that they're not doing in order to help these folks?
1: Uh, you know, I think number one, it's just getting people. Quick, expeditious access to housing right now. Uh, The current wait lists, um, you know, you're looking at three to six months. That's working with a caseworker. Some people have been on wait lists for years. There's a few veterans out there that, you know, navigating the paperwork and all the systems. um, Veterans shouldn't be unhoused. They can get housing almost immediately. But but there's still so so much administrative red tape. Um, But just a quick path to housing that... Removes all the red. There's so much red tape.
0: And and thinking again about winter, right? We know heating shelters, for instance, they're not open 24 hours. Um, they close in the evening. So, any other ways you can recommend folks try to stay warm
1: while they're outside? Yeah. These tents. Yeah. These tents. That's it. I would love the city to come along with me, and I will show them how to build these. And whenever the streets in San Cruz, and the Department of Family and Support Services find these tent cities or people living in, in these awful conditions to help clean up those tents, clear them out, and let's build it back better until we find a solution, until our until Mayor Lightfoot and our politicians find a solution. So
0: Yeah. Well some folks have received notices from the city that uh is threatening to remove these tents that you've provided. Why do you think that's happening?
1: Uh, so yeah, those notices you're talking about, they're uh they're an ordinance that the city uses to enforce. It's uh, almost a 200-year-old ordinance written in 1837. Uh, It's practically been unchanged. Um, But the city uses that to remove anything that's on the public way. Um, So yeah, we're using, I mean, antiquated policy to uh, address 21st century issues. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, it doesn't work. So we need policy that uh, that protects people and their rights to property and their rights to life liberty and pursuit of happiness, regardless of where they live, regardless of whether you can afford to pay thirty four hundred dollars a month for uh, a six hundred seventy seven square foot apartment next door at the left bank building yeah um, you know or whether you 're living under the viaduct like we all deserve sanctuary
0: i mean and, and the folks getting these notices the, these this ordinance are they confused like wh- what are they saying they're,
1: they're confused so typically those uh notices are put on derelict. Broken down, abandoned tents, not brand new structures like these. So the the city will go around and play. There's actually, if we go to the south side, there's hundreds of tents just laying without notices, yeah. totally broken down. Um, but, yeah, um, but that's that's when they're typically used. And then they're removed seven days later by the city.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Anthony, or Andy, Robledo. Yeah. What do I keep saying? It? Andres, you can say Andres. If Andres, you know, Robledo, yeah. <laughs> who's been taking steps to help shelter and support the city's homeless population. So to the rest of us, right, how can we support unhoused people in Chicago, you know, whether it's providing food or shelter, maybe other resources, what do you think are the best ways um, to help that are going to most benefit these people?
1: Um, yeah, you know, really the, the best way is to, just to be a good neighbor. So there are neighbors too. Um like going by and just saying, like, hey, how are you doing? Um, how can I help you today? What is like something that you need today? Like, are you hungry? Do you need food? Um yeah, so like
0: these are gestures that I think you know people don't always think of.
1: I think people assume they assume the need. And um and then that's why you see donations pile up. I call it donor dumping. So, think, donations pile up because people assume people need all these things because they they are living in want. So
0: but, they've got the great intentions, but yeah, what you're what you're giving might not actually be what's going to benefit someone living on the streets right now.
1: Yeah, and it's perpetuating the the stigma that you know people living on the streets pile up trash and that areas get dirty because of them. Most most of those things that pile up are because of people that that are, mean well, but yeah. um, but could maybe just stop and say, hey, do you need this couch? Or do you need this mattress? You know, do you need some food? Yeah. You know?
0: You've received feedback, I hear, uh, from residents in some neighborhoods who were actually opposed to you helping. Talk about that.
1: Uh yeah, I was flabbergasted. I it took me it never happened last year. Um, but I mostly built on the uh south side. Um Yeah, you know, I had neighbors coming out and just like discussed like how could you help them? How could like you know, shocked. And I, I don't how know. How
0: could you help them?
1: How could you, like, why are you doing this? You know, um, one even, woman even told me, I give thousands of dollars to organizations like yours that help people who are unhoused, but this is not helping. And uh,
0: so what is going through your mind then when, when people who live in high-end neighborhoods, who live in wealthy condos nearby, are actually complaining about you helping the less fortunate?
1: Yeah, they, um, so the calls uh- sw- Like, swarmed into the alderman's office, the alderman of the 42nd Ward. Um, and in response, they sent out the street cleaning crews the next day to put those tags on all those, on every single tent, which is not how it usually happens. Mm. Um, so, but there's, uh, yeah, there's been a a conversation, I think, and it's important to have a conversation. It shouldn't be a, a debate. I think we need to have a conversation because we all want the same outcome. We don't want people living underneath the viaduct. So let's use our collective energies to hold our politicians accountable, hold uh, the city council accountable, mm-hmm. to get people housed. Let's not just sweep them to another area or just hope that people freeze to death this winter and that the issue goes away, which I think is what the status quo is.
0: And if anyone wants to help you, Andy, and wants to support your efforts to, to help the city's homeless, is there a way for them to do that?
1: Uh, yes, there is. So there are many ways to to help out, uh, whether it's with your time, um, on some builds, so we actually go and rebuild some of these camps uh, with food distribution, with uh, survival supplies distribution. Uh, we take donations. Uh, we're a 501c3. Uh, but all those links are easily accessible through my Instagram page, Plants Lover Everything's there. Mm-hmm. Or the, the nonprofits page is www.feedingpeoplethroughplants.org. www.feedingpeoplethroughplants.org.
0: Thank you for that. Andy Robledo, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and, and what you're doing.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.